Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. Right now, you're about to listen to a message from our current series. Thanks for tuning in today. I want you to open your Bibles to Romans, the 10th chapter. Romans, the 10th chapter. So we've been doing a subject on this wonderful thing called the Word of Faith. Something that literally changed our lives back in 1976 when God first introduced us to, uh, to Kenneth uh, Copeland. From Kenneth Copeland, we were introduced to Kenneth Hagen. We ended up going to his school in 1980. And, um, uh, you know, it's something, how many have ever gotten just a little word from God on a Sunday morning and it inspired you and blessed you? Raise your hand if you've ever gotten something just good. Well, listen, I sat in class for four hours every day and it was, not, it was nonstop non-stop revelation knowledge. It just literally came, changed my life. And of course, then we came up here and started Faith Family Church. But the word of faith has changed our life and continues to today because it's the word of faith that gives you a word of hope. Would you all agree with me? The word of faith is, 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 comes in from the word of God, which we'll see here this morning. And everything about the word of God is good news. So, before we read Romans 10, I want to quote Hebrews 11, verse 1. She'll put it up. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. And I've said through the years, you know, even as a sinner, you don't hope for a car wreck. You don't hope for a tornado. You don't hope for poverty. You don't hope for sickness. Instinctively, even as a sinner, you know what to hope for and not to hope for. Can I have an amen? Now, sometimes you may think or you were taught that God you know, is both your problem and your promise. You know, he causes tornadoes. He causes wrecks to teach you something, you know. And, but you don't, he, that's not true because that were the case. Your whole life was a wreck before you met Jesus and you learned nothing from it. Can I have an amen? But God is a good God and everything about his word is good. Hallelujah. It, but uh, he says, faith is the sum of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That's what faith is. We know that John 4, 24, God is a spirit. God is a spirit being, okay? What does that mean? Well, you cannot contact him with your five physical senses. You come in touch with him with your sixth sense, which is called faith. You reach out to him by faith. You say, I love you, Lord. And when you say, I love you, Lord, you're saying it by faith because you cannot touch him with your senses. You have to touch him with your heart. If you agree, say amen to that. And then Romans 10, 17 says how, where we find faith. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But it isn't just hearing with your outer ear. It's hearing with your inner ear, the ear of your spirit. Amen. So, and I've said this, and again, let me say it again. If you come to church and your life is full of anxiety, full of, full of, um, uh, full of uh, sin, full of oppression, I mean, you, you just haven't prepared your heart, you literally will, will short-circuit the Holy Ghost from talking to you because you haven't prepared yourself. That's what the message, that was the first message that John the Baptist preached. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Amen. So that's what you do every Sunday. You come and you prepare yourself through, uh, through self-examination, through repentance, uh, and through worship, and, and all of a sudden God begins to minister to you. But verse 6, but without faith or apart from faith, it is impossible to please. That word please means to, to come into full agreement with God. It's impossible without faith to come and be in full agreement with God, for he that comes to God must believe that he is what you're coming to him for, and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Amen. If you come to church on a Sunday morning, and you just sit there, and you don't participate in nothing, and you just going to have you, won't, you won't get anything from God. Amen. Hallelujah. 
Now this young man in the middle here with the Viking chair, he's going to get something special from God today. <laughs> Amen. So, so it's, you touch God with your heart of faith. You find out what the Bible says about your relationship with God, and then you're able to access him through your faith. Amen. Then Paul says this. In his letter to the church in Rome, he revealed that the God kind of faith, listen, has a voice. And let's read it. Romans 10, verse 8, or verse 6. Now, the righteousness which is of faith speaks on this wise, or it speaks this way. What's it, what, what's it saying? Well, say not in your heart, who shall ascend to heaven, that is to bring Christ down, and of course, the reason Paul pray, uh, shared that is because there were people that believed that Jesus hadn't come yet. So you don't have to pray that because he's already come, okay? And then, or, 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 or don't say in your heart, who shall descend into the deep? That is to bring Christ up from the dead because some people didn't believe in the resurrection. But what does the, what does the righteousness which of faith say? It has a message. What's it saying? Here it is. The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that is the word of faith which we preach. So what that means is there's a message for the ones, listen, who seek after and require God, uh, acquire God's righteousness. And the message calls it the good news. Amen. It's a message. It really is a message of coming in contact with God. It's a message of hope, salvation, deliverance, healing, compassion, mercy. It's a good message. Say a good message. Amen. That's what, that's what he's saying here, okay? The word, that, that word word is the word rhema. So, and the word rhema means the spoken word. That's why we went to rhema Bible Training Center. It was the spoken word. He taught us that we, for us to receive the benefits of God's word, it had to be spoken in, uh, uh, coming out of your heart and out of your mouth. The word or the rhema, the spoken word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart that is the rhema or the spoken word of faith which we publish. Now write this down. God is not, God's word is not the life-giving or life-changing word until it becomes the faith-filled spoken word. Isn't that good? Write that down if you haven't. God's word is not the life-giving or the life-changing word until it becomes the faith-filled spoken word. That's why salvation, see, for you to connect with God, there has to be faith in your heart and a confession of your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's what he said there in Romans 10, that if you'll confess with your mouth Jesus Christ is your Savior and your Lord, and you believe in your heart that there's resurrection power, that, amen, God raised him from the dead, there will be a divine transformation on the inside of you. You will become God-like on the inside. He will change your nature. Amen. How many could agree that your life has been changed since you received Christ in your life? Maybe not all the way, but God's working on your life. Amen. And then Jesus actually confirms this uh, uh, when he cursed the fig tree in, in Mark 11. He said this, Peter calling to remembrance said unto Jesus, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursest or that you spoke to is withered away. And Jesus answered saying, have faith in God. He was letting the, He's saying, hey, faith in God will do this. Whatever, listen, whatever in your life is causing you to not bear the image and likeness of God, curse it, get out of your life. Amen. It could be an addiction. It could be, you know, uh, some kind of a habit. It could, it could be a behavior that you picked up from your family. It could be uh, the, the way you talk and you got to stop talking the way you've been talking. You know, every year about this time, we get the, we get the flu. 
Every year about this time, we get a cold. And all of a sudden, yeah, all of a sudden you begin to repeat and you begin to, to, to rehearse what has been a curse to your family. Well, I'll probably end up like my dad, you know. He was an alcoholic, I'll probably be an alcoholic. He was a drug addict, I'll probably be, no, 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 no. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things have passed away. All things have become new. Amen. So anyways, you find a lot of this in your confession. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain or generational curse or whatever it is you're dealing with, oppression, fear, sickness, disease, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. See, the problem we have today is we always want someone else to do our bidding for us. We always want someone else to believe for us. Oh, pastor, will you believe with me? God gave you a believing heart. Not that I can't agree with you, but even if I believe for you and you're not believing, it ain't going to come to pass. Amen. The reason Jesus went out preaching the good news is because it creates a, a, an expectation in the hearts of the people, praise God, that, uh, that uh, they can get something that they didn't know they could have. And that is the good things of God. Amen. I said amen. But if there was ever a time, a perfect time in, in, our, in, our, in, our, in the days we live in, it's now to preach good news. Because 24 hours a day, there's nothing but bad news being propagated. And it literally, it has affected the entire nation, including a lot of believers. That we subject ourselves unto a bunch of lies when you got the truth there. And Jesus said, if you know the truth, the truth will make you free. Hallelujah. It won't put you in bondage. Amen. People need to know. I'm serious. I said this to the first service, but it's really true. Do you know why we're not seeing people set free? Because we're not letting them know they can be set free. And God is grieved in his heart when he paid such a great price for you and then manifested such a great a manifestation of his power in your life to set you free, and then you, you shut it up, and you keep it self-contained, and you don't let no other people know. The reason I share my testimony is let people know, no matter how corrupt your life can be, Jesus has set you free. No matter how much bondage you're in, Jesus can set you free. No matter how many demons are in you, Jesus can set you free. No matter how sick you are, Jesus can set you free. No matter how oppressed you are, Jesus has set you free. Come on, hallelujah. Oh, I forgot, I'm on, I'm on camera. I better get back here in the middle. Sorry about that. When I move around, the camera has a tough time following me. I forget, I forget about that. I'm serious about that. Praise God. People need to know the good news, don't they? I said, don't they? And his name is Jesus. He is the great physician. Turn to John, the eighth chapter. John, the eighth chapter. We're going to share a story there. And we'll start at verse one. It said, Jesus went into, unto the Mount of Olives. And early in the morning, early in the morning, he came again to the temple. And all the people came unto him. And he sat down and he taught them. Why did they come to him? Because they had already heard that there was a manifestation of God's power in this man's life. They heard that he had healed people, delivered people from demons, that he raised the dead, cleansed the leper, healed the blind eyes, and opened up the deaf ears. They heard all these things, so they came on him. And I'm sure the house was packed that day. And the Bible says he came unto him until uh, they came unto him and he sat down and he taught them. First of all, I want you to, two things I want you to see. Number one, the Bible says that he went into the temple. That's God's house. 
And I think there's one thing that we take very lightly today uh, in the 21st century church is the importance of God's house. He came to God's house. And we'll see, just as his custom was in Luke, the fourth chapter, we'll read that in a moment. But he came to the place where God's anointing was. Say, God's anointing is in God's house. It is. It really is. We think we can listen to a CD or we can listen to uh, something, you know, on a, on a uh, flash drive or we can even, you know, watch the recording uh, on later and computer, but it, it's not the same. When you're right here, you're right here with a, there's a corporate anointing, hallelujah, a corporate uh, measure of faith that will set you free. Can I have an amen? That's why you're here today. Praise the Lord. So the Bible says, number two, he taught them. He taught them. Why? Because faith comes by hearing, in hearing by the word of God. The, uh, uh, he knew that it takes, it takes faith on our part. It takes faith on our part to believe, to receive what God has promised in his word. Amen. And to bring it from the spirit realm to the natural realm. Now, look at Luke 4th chapter. Up here, it'll be on the screen. So, he, so Jesus makes it clear what his earthly ministry was about. So he came to Nazareth, that Nazareth where he had been brought up, and he entered the synagogue there again, as his custom was. God believed in the local church. Amen. Uh, the place God designated for his presence, his power, and his provision. He entered the synagogue, and as was his custom on the Sabbath day, he stood up to read. And there was handed to him, of course, the book of Isaiah. He opened it up, and to the place where it was written, verse 18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed or spiritually equipped me, the anointed one, the Messiah, to publish, preach, publish the good news. Say good news. Good news. Amen. The gospel, he says, to the poor, spiritually poor. He sent me to announce release to the captives, spiritual captives, recovering of sight to the blind, spiritually blind, to send forth as delivered those who are spiritually oppressed, who are downtrodden, bruised, crushed, broken down by climate. Every one of us have been here sometime in our lives. The Bible says he came to proclaim the accepted and acceptable year of the Lord, the day when salvation and the free favors of God profusely abound. And that day is today. Today is that day. It's never changed. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he heals somebody back here, he'll heal somebody today. If he sets someone free back here, he'll set people free today. And boy, I tell you right now, we've got a lot of people in America that are tormented by demon spirits. And God will set them free. Verse 3. Now, the Bible says, The scribes and the Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. She had committed, committed a sexual sin. And when they had set her in the midst, they said unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. And now Moses was uh, in the law commanded us that we should, that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? This they said, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down with his finger, wrote in the ground as though he heard them not. Now, just for a moment to help you understand, the scribes and the Pharisees were to be God's representatives in the earth. They were to be God's ambassadors. They were to be the ones who would reflect the love and the compassion and the mercy and the kindness and the goodness of God. They were the ones who were supposed to propagate the delivering power of God. They were the ones who were supposed to tell people, hey, look, 
I just want you to know, in our, listen, in our, all the generations of the Jews, we want, we want to know that God is a good God. God was the one who performed such miracles to bring us out of Egypt. God was the one who provided manna for us from heaven. He provided water from a rock while we were in the desert. He provided a cloud by day to cover us from the heat and a fire by night to keep us warm. I mean, this is a good God. He provided for us. I mean, our clothes never were out. Our shoes never were out. Oh, my goodness. And he brought the second generation into the land of promise. God is a good God, but they didn't do that. <laughs> they didn't do that. They became so self-righteous. They became such professionals at judging other people. And they failed. Just think about the insensitivity that you would rather see a person stoned to death than forgiven and restored. Isn't that something? But that's exactly their attitude. Amen. And if we're not careful, even today as Christ's ambassadors, if we don't fail, if we fail to guard our own hearts and renew our own minds, we can become just as critical and calloused as them. Galatians 6.1, I love this verse. It says, dear brothers, if a Christian is overcome by some sin, you are godly, should go to him, condemn him, tell him how rotten uh, of a guy he is. <laughs> oh, excuse me, that's somebody else's Bible. It says, you should gently and humbly help him back onto the right path, remembering that next time it might be one of you who is in the wrong. Now, I love this in James. There will be no mercy for those who have not shown mercy to others. But if you have been merciful, God will be merciful when he judges you. See, that's why the Lord, right up in the beginning of his ministry, Luke 6, 38, when he said, give and it shall be given unto you, he was literally talking about the character of God, the attributes of God. Give mercy, compassion, grace, patience. Give, give those attributes of God. Give them away abundantly, and it shall be given back unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. However, the same measure that you use to measure out mercy will be measured back to you. How many want to be very merciful in your Christian journey? Absolutely. Why? Because one day you're going to need mercy. And if, if you need a lot of mercy, but you've only sold a little, I'm sorry. You'll have to suffer the consequences of your transgression because you don't have enough in your bank account to reap the mercy that you need. That's what the Lord said. <clears throat> back to John, verse seven, uh, John 8, verse 7. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again, he stooped down and he began writing on the ground. Now, scholars are trying to figure out what he wrote. Probably he simply wrote um, headliners of the transgressions that these men were guilty of. <clears throat> Why? Because it says, which when they hurt, which they heard it, being convicted, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last, and Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? Now let's watch this. It's just so beautiful. And she said, No, Lord. And he said to her, Neither do I condemn thee. I think that is so beautiful to see the display of God's goodness. Listen, you can make a mistake. You can fall in God. If you'll come to him and cry out for mercy, he will never judge you. He will forgive you. I mean, it won't be a judgment. I mean, he'll convict you, but he won't condemn you. That's even a better word. 
He said, neither do I condemn thee. Go, the Bible says, and sin some more. No, it says, go that way and sin no more. Why? Because, see, that's the thing. And I tell people this constantly. Whatever God, wherever God delivered you from, wherever he delivered you from, that's the arena Satan will come to try to get you back into what God delivered you out of. And you see it a lot these days. You can see people deliver from drugs. And if they're not, get, keep growing in God, they'll run, they'll run right back to the very thing that God that God delivered them from. In fact, I think in the book of Peter, he talks about that. He, he uses it as a proverb. He says, it's like a dog returning to his own vomit. The very thing that sickened you, the very thing that corrupted your life, and you finally get it out of your life, you finally, you finally heave it up out of your life, you turn right around and eat the very same thing. That's what he's saying there. But it won't happen if you walk close to God. Can I have an amen? amen? Go that way and sin some more. In fact, verse 36 says, If the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free. You shall be free indeed, unless and until you choose differently. It really is true. Our nation, listen, our nation is suffering from an epidemic of sexual dysfunction. We have, we have our children being taught things they should not be taught at such a young age, we're, we're, we're confusing and corrupting their minds when we tell a, a, a little boy, you, you, whatever sexual identity you, you want, you, even though they have the plumbing of a boy, you can be anything. It's just completely demonic. And I think that teachers that teach this, they're either completely, I mean, completely ignorant or they're corrupt in their thinking. I'm sorry. You know, we love everybody. We love everybody, every sinner. But whatever sin you're involved in, especially the sexual sins, the only reason that people that are caught up in sexual sins try to find people like them is because they're trying to find someone who brings some kind of calmness to the conviction that's inside their hearts because every, everyone who's sexually dysfunctional knows that they are. They know that they are, but they have no answer. I'll give you the answer. His name is Jesus. And if you call upon his name, he will deliver you and set you free and make you whole so that you can live a life of blessing instead of a cursed life. Can I have an amen? Amen. Verse 12. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness. I love this part because you will have the light that leads to life. And that absolutely is true. You don't have to be afraid. Walk with the Lord. You'll have the divine guidance that you need for your life because it'll happen on the inside. Romans 10, 13 says, the apostle Paul said, whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The word saved is a beautiful word. It means healed, delivered, made whole. And that means in every area of your life. Whoever shall call upon the name. Who, no, actually, the word call means to invoke. Whoever invokes the name of Jesus. Jesus, help me. He'll be right there to help you. I said he'll be right there to help you. Because he is a good God. Can I have an amen? amen? The name of Jesus, and I'm closing here. The name of Jesus is above every name. It really is. That's what the Bible says in Philippians. The name of Jesus is above every name. 
What, names like what? Cancer, COVID, sickness, disease, alcoholism, drug addiction, porn addiction, fear, oppression, suicide. The name of Jesus is above every name. The reason we have so many young people being, uh, committing suicide today is because of the lies that they're told. They're told that they're normal being sexually dysfunctional. They're told that that is just part of life. But man, if you tell them the truth, that truth will make them free. And they, they'll see the value of the Christ on the inside of them, not of the dysfunction that has overtaken their lives. And I'm talking about anything. I mean, it's just horrible what the youth have to deal with today. Just because they've been told and sold a bill of lies. Oral Roberts had one of the greatest healing ministries in the 20th century, in the 1950s. And the first ministry... Uh, and the first minister to use television to, uh, to bring healing to the nations. And we're just going to play a little bit of this just to show you how, um, how awesome uh, this man was as far as faith. will set people free. It'll change your life. It'll even raise the dead. Blessed be his precious name. A lot of people have faith in 2,000 years ago. And they say, had I lived back there in his day, I, I would have been healed. And when I get to heaven, I'll be healed. But Jesus is saying, notice this year by given, I'm in business today. And what he was yesterday, what he will be tomorrow, he is today. Here's a little child. Master, heal this child's mind and brain. Restore her brain tonight and make it normal. Let her be normal for the rest of her life in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Some of you don't even know who that was. I laughed when I read, I mean, chuckled when I saw this video because he was only 34 years old there. And, uh, but what a man of courage. Seriously, what a man of courage to, to be able to accept the heat that he got from the world for literally going on television and praying for the sick. And multitudes were healed. They had every, every, uh, oh, by the way, that tent that he was in, it, it held 12,000 people. Amen. That's how big the tent was. And um, uh, they came from miles and miles to hear him preach and to be healed. And literally thousands of people were healed in those meetings. He had, he had the front was, was filled with wheelchairs, with um, uh, um, uh, leg braces, apparatuses, filled with eyeglasses and uh, hearing aids and every kind of thing you think of that people that were held captive by that was all laying up there because, that, because he all, here's his message. He says, God is a good God. Amen. Say that out loud. God. Yeah, yes. And he just wanted, and listen, many of these people that came were not saved, but God healed them. Because God wants the world to know that he's a good God. Say, God is a good God. God, a good God. Amen. And, uh, but one of the, his, his main jingle, and I'm, most of you won't know this, but it was, uh, if you know it, uh, sing it. Something good is going to happen to you, happen to you this very day. Something good is going to happen to you. Jesus of Nazareth is passing, passing this way. They sang that. 
Well, you know what was interesting? Such a seemingly silly song, but created such great faith and expectation in the hearts of the people. Now listen, God is not, he doesn't say one thing and, and, and then not honor it. What does that mean? There, because of that little jingle, it created faith to the point where the most difficult miracles that you would think would be difficult were nothing at that moment because of the faith that that little jingle had inspired in the hearts of the people. I want you to stand. We're going to pray today. Musicians, you can come forward. Now, as I close, remember, something good is going to happen to you. And, and now listen, and then he said this. Listen, this is what I want to get to, and I want to say this to everybody online. Then he said this. He said, now I want you that are listening on TV. Remember, there's 12,000 people in the tent. He said, now I'm going to listen to you on TV. I want you to do something for me. He said, I'm going to pray for you for healing. And he says, when I pray for you, all I do is, all I want you to do is I want you to reach out and touch the screen of the television. And when you touch it, that will be your contact to release your faith. And see, he got that idea, I believe, from Mark, the fifth chapter, where the woman with the issue of blood came to Jesus. And the Bible says that this woman had been sick for 12 years and that the Bible says she went to many physicians. Of course, they didn't have the answer for what she had. And, and she's, the Bible says she, it, it literally exhausted all the finances she had. She was completely financially bankrupt. And the Bible says this, but she, nothing grew better. She just got worse. Things got worse. It grew worse. But the Bible says when she heard of Jesus, she came and she said within herself, if I can just touch, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. She had no, she had no she's, I can, I'm convinced if I can just touch him, I believe I'll be made whole. And the Bible says that there was a massive, there were probably 10,000 people in that crowd that day. And she whittled her way through everyone, pushing, pushing and shoving, getting everybody in the way. And I'm sure she was probably weak from the loss of blood in her body. But she was determined that she was going to get to the one, praise God, that she believed would heal her. And the moment she reached out and touched his garment, man, the, uh, 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 his garment, the virtue of God flew out of Jesus right into her. And she was completely made whole. Hallelujah. Yeah, let's give God praise for that. Completely made whole. And Jesus said, who touched me? And the disciples said, Master, uh, come on. What do you mean? They're thronging you. People are pressing against you. No, no, he said, somebody touched me with their faith. So we're going to pray for everyone, including those online today. We're going to pray for them. Now, I'm going to, I don't want you to do anything, but just have your hands down like this. And I'm going to pray for you. And if you need healing in your body today, once I pray for you for healing and I say be healed, I want you to shoot your hands up and just begin to praise God with, with everything that's in you. Amen. That's your point of contact. You that are watching, take your phone. Your used to be a Bible, you know, but take your phone, your laptop, you're, you're, or if you're watching on the screen and when I pray for you, just reach out when I say be healed and touch the screen. And I believe with all my heart that whatever you, whatever you need, I'm serious. If it's deliverance, if it's healing, praise God. What, I mean, if it's free from demons, it'll happen. I said it'll happen. 
In fact, before we pray, just lift your hands up right now and give him praise right now for the healing power of his spirit. Amen. You on the line. Just lift your hands and give him praise right now. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. All right, put your hands down. Now, Father, I pray for everyone right now that's watching online. And God, first of all, I pray for salvation. If you don't have Jesus Christ in your heart, even those here today, if you don't have Christ in your life, all you got to do is simply pray and ask Jesus. And I believe everybody in America, most people in America, well, maybe not, but uh, you may be here today. If you believe that Jesus is the Son of God and you believe that he died on the cross and, Jesus, and God raised him from the dead to bring you salvation so that you could be forgiven of your sins and, and live a life of liberty and live a life representing Jesus. If you believe that, then, then, then as we pray, then I want you to receive that into your heart today. So let's all pray together. Bow your heads and close your eyes. Everybody pray. Dear God in heaven, thank you for your mercy and thank you for your love. I believe it. I believe that Jesus died on the cross and that he rose from the dead so that I could be saved and go to heaven. Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins and I ask you for forgiveness and I receive it by faith. Thank you for your precious blood that cleanses me from all sin. And I receive you right now as my Savior and Lord. Thank you for saving me. God, thank you that today my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And from this day forward, I will serve you. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Now, Father, I pray for everyone here today that needs healing in their bodies. And healing, God, online. Those that need healing online. God, I thank you that Christ took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. And so by the stripes of Jesus, we declare we are healed. So right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, I loose the spirit of healing and I loose the spirit of miracles in online and in this congregation. Now lift your hands and receive it. Lord, we receive healing and deliverance and liberty for every area of our lives. And Father, I thank you that your glory is being manifested right now among the people. Oh, begin to give him praise. Begin to give him praise. You that are on, online, just reach out and give him praise right now. That right now, he's doing a glorious work inside of your life. And Father, we give you praise, and we give you honor, and we give you glory in Jesus' name. Now, everybody here, give God a good shout of praise. Glory! Come on, glory! Glory! Come on, glory! Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning services at 8.30 and 10.30. We also have a midweek service on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.